We are back after a month-long hiatus. Three of us. Scotty. Man, I missed you guys. Scotty, PJ, what's up? What's up, man? Long time. Episode 39. Too long. Yeah. 39 episodes. Shit, we're going to be over the hill on the next one, huh? Yeah. Oh, that 40's, 40's the new 50. Oh, that's good. That means I'm 51. It's good. It's good to hear. Damn. I know I realized, what was it, last year I came to the realization, or a few months ago, that I'm closer to 50 than I am to 40 now. Ooh. I'm still holding on to my 30s. Got one more year. Get it. Ooh, Look at you. I, will I know, you all your, you all your youngins. I, I will say 35 to 40 was a lot harder on me than 0 to 35. Yeah? Yeah. I could see that. I mean, I pretty much I don't I pretty much rebuilt a house this past year, so. Yeah, dude, you've been busting your ass, man. It yeah, looks I awesome, you, though. I think you've rebuilt a house in, like, the past three months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, it looks cool. All right, I got to fucking say something about that because, you know, I put new flooring in in the basement, and it was that, like, locked-together, snapped-together vinyl, laminate, whatever, flooring, and it mm-hmm. came out really good. And I got the main room done, and then – uh there were a couple more rooms that I got my son's bedroom done. And then there was a couple more rooms that needed to be done. I kind of ran out of time and whatever. And so I was out of town. The wife hired a guy to come in and finish those two rooms. Fucked it all up. We bought all the material and I'm looking at their, what the shit ain't even locked together. Right. It's like, and then I'm like, well, call him. Well, I'm not going to call him. You call him. What? Like, what, what the hell? So now it's on me to make it right. Yeah. I'm like, God damn it. So I did. God, why can't I, people just do shit right? I did hire a guy to put the siding on the house because I just oh, didn't dude. have six and a half. It, it's him and two guys. It was six and a half days. Like, there's no way I'd have done that much. Yeah. And I knew him. He, he buys from us and uh, he's extremely meticulous and that's detailed. Good. And yeah, he did a rocking job. So. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I, cool. I got the siding needs to be done on my house, too. And I'm like, there's just a little bit of unknown. I mean, it's not that much, but and I could probably do it myself. But I'm like, just like, you know, what goes on in what order? And I just don't want to get like 70% done and go, oh, shit, I needed to do yep. this first. Now I'm screwed, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I did one wall myself with that board and bat, and that was enough. Um, <laughs> if you, you go. got wind, if you got windows and cuts and uh, right, I'm out. You're freaking rocking it though, man. That house is looking awesome. Nice job. Problem is, I got to redo the front steps, and you can't get treated lumber in this world right now. So, oh no, the problem is, it's all cutting into your fishing time. That too. It's all right. We're going out this weekend. So nice. Well, I might go yeah. tomorrow. Nice. Tell us more. Yeah, I think we might. Uh... I might pull away from the old home office upstairs because I'm I'm upstairs now, I'm not downstairs anymore. So you got you got promoted. I got promoted. You got an upstairs office. Yeah, I went to the, the big uh, upstairs corner office. Nice. <laughs> I went to the uh, went to the job office like um, it wasn't a month ago. It was like Father's Day ish. Like I said, it's kind of a month. And uh, went and picked up my office, like my complete office from the job site, and brought everything back. 
brought my desk, all my monitors, all you know, the chair, everything. So it's it's a pretty cherry little setup upstairs now. Hell yeah! But I think I'm gonna get off early tomorrow and probably head up to the falls like three o'clock and get some of that evening hatch action going on because it's a little too hot. Uh, there you go, man. I've been up there in a minute. I know, dude. We haven't been up in quite a while, and then with everything that's been going on, we just kind of got stuck in the house and uh, not able to go out. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I guess the biggest problem today is just uh, you get caught in that rut, right? You're like, ah, shit. Well, I ain't gonna go anywhere today. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that you mean I gotta put actual pants on or something? Yeah. <laughs> The, I got a shower today if I'm going out in public. Shit. Yeah, right. it, dude. Since, oh, man. I'm, I'm almost getting to Steve's status up here. I've got friggin', I still haven't gotten my hair cut since all this shit started. Yeah, I haven't had my hair cut in like a year. <laughs> I did mine yet. Yep, yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, that's looking BJ, good. BJ's keeping it close to the scalp. Yep. <laughs> Bick it every two days. He said, you know what? I'm tougher than the sun. I'm not going to get sunburned through my hat. Right. Oh, dude, I don't even wear. I went out one day on. We bought that canoe, and I went out with no hat on. Oh, oh dude, it was so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that didn't even sound. BJ's good, mask dude. needs to cover everything but his eyes. Yes. <laughs> oh. I mean buff. Buff. Yes, my yes. buff. It's a buff. It's not a mask. <laughs> How my preventative buff. buff. Yeah. So oh. what's your uh, what's your fishing plan, BJ? Yeah. I don't know. So we, uh, I guess, since we haven't talked in a month, I, I uh, before the Fourth of July, I, I found the last canoe in southwestern Pennsylvania. So we went and bought a little fourteen-foot canoe. Um, took me like all day to find it. I bought one online for a pickup, and they emailed me three hours later and said they actually didn't have it. So then I scrambled. I got a buddy that works at a outdoor shop. Called him. They didn't have any. So I ended up. I found the last one. It was in a. It was in a uh, Dick Sporting Goods in their storage containers outside behind the store, piled underneath a bunch of other shit. And I made him go <laughs> drag it out for me. <laughs> so yeah. we went and uh, floated the river um, on the Fourth of July, which was cool. My son loved it. You nice. know, it was ninety-four degrees that day, and you yeah, just. You'd float for an hour, stop, pull it over, you know, pull the canoe up on the bank, go swim in the river, dive in the water, yeah, <laughs> jump back in, float another hour. I mean, we're it's a tailwater where we're at, but it's way. I mean, we're probably twenty some miles downstream of the of the dam at least. So, but the water was still pretty pretty cool for what everything else is around here. And then uh, the next day we went to the lake. Which he didn't like as much. I think the moving current he likes a little better in the canoe. You don't feel like you rock as much when you're sitting on still water. You kind of that thing rocks. But so we're gonna take it out Saturday. And what I've been doing is I just take my little seven and a half foot three weight and flip some dry flies and catch freaking panfish. And it's awesome. I mean, it's just cool as hell. Because I'm not gonna stand up and cast. And you know, um, so I'll just freaking <laughs> yeah. I'll just roll cast some dry flies, crushing. Panfish, bluegill, sunfish, and are you, you gonna know. you eating any of that stuff or just catch and release? Uh, no, nah, catch and release on those. I mean, if I the one where we might go, there's some crappie, so I mm, possibly would, would keep go. a. I, I'd keep some of them and fry them up in a pan, but uh, yeah. I'm there not. A, I really don't keep freshwater fish, walleye, and maybe some crappie. Outside of that, 
Everything else yeah. goes back. Right. No, you give me something with some salt water and it's freaking gills. Yeah, I'm probably gonna eat that shit. So. <laughs> uh, that's what I did. I never met a fish from the salt I didn't like to eat. Right. <laughs> yes, you did. You were all about that salty life, Scotty. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man. What'd you get? My What'd salt get life's into? a little different than uh, than what people think of when they oh, think yes. of salt and their permits yeah. and their bonefish and their tarpon and their whatever the hell grand trevally. Not me, man. I'm all about them salmon. Mm, dude, those look good too. Oh, look good. delicious. Yeah, dude, we had, uh, I don't know, we got like six, five or six coho that were all three to five pounds, just perfect for the freaking grill. You know, they're like 23, 24 inch fish and they fillet up super nice. We've got a pretty good spot there on uh, on Whidbey Island, just north of Seattle, <clears throat> on the kind of the mi- middle, they call it the South Sound, but it's not like South South, but uh Good Dungeness crab area, and uh, there's a there's a local or what they call a resident coho season open right now um, down in what they call area ten, which is actually south of where our place is. So my buddy came and picked us up in his boat, and we headed down there. And the fun part too was uh, after we were done catching salmon because the the resident coho, they pretty much like about 11 o'clock, maybe noonish. they just shut off. And you might get a one or two fish throughout the rest of the day. So it's pretty much a morning, a morning fishery. So we, we hammered salmon in the morning and then uh, we stopped at this jetty on the way back to the cabin and just hammered on some rockfish. And they're basically like the saltwater equivalent of, you know, a smallmouth bass. So you're just hucking these big streamers in along the jetty, letting it sink to the bottom and you just start stripping it super hard and they just come out of nowhere and hammer it. So that was fun. Took me back to my bass fishing days. (laughs) Yeah, those uh, salmon and dungeons just sounds good for a fishing trip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we didn't get any crab this trip. Usually, we'll, you know, there was uh, minus tides, and we've got a little bay just north of us that's full of eelgrass, and we just go out and wade, and you'll scare Dungeness crab right out of the eelgrass and just pick them up off the bottom. And uh, we went out there and did that for a couple hours, and there was nothing but little ones in there and a, a couple of females. You can't keep females. but uh, So we didn't, we didn't bother with putting the crab pots out or whatever so we didn't get any crap but the salmon was definitely good oh yeah my uh so i've got a samsung uh, s9 phone i dropped it in the freaking sound i was you know waiting so it's like what three three and a half feet deep it's it was well it was up to my waist so however freaking deep that is and it flipped out of my pocket and went all the way to the bottom and it's like in the eelgrass and shit i'm moving my feet around trying to find it so it was underwater for for a good like four minutes and i finally just like went all the way into the water and started feeling around with my hands and i found it and i pulled it out and it's still on and it had a little indicator thing saying that water is detected in your charge port 
So I just left it. I put it back in my pocket. I got, we got back to the cabin. I took the case off, blew everything out and whatever, dude, it's never had any problems. It works perfectly. (laughs) That's freaking salt water too, man. I did the same thing. I got the iPhone XR and I was trout fishing and I was up on a bank. I was at work on lunch. So I didn't have waders on or anything. And my phone slipped out of my hand and went into like three and a half feet of water in a pool. And I had to take my freaking big ass aluminum net with the rubber, the expandable one that I usually carry and fish the thing out of the bottom of this silty ass stream. And same thing. I, I took it back to work and I, the worst thing you can do is plug them in. If you plug it in, right. you're, you're frying it, but right. I let it dry out and I haven't had any problem since I was like, Holy okay. shit. Like I mean, it used to be, you guys know the old days, right? Bag oh, of rice. Yeah. Okay. It, it was a, it was a death sentence the minute it touched water. Yeah, seven <laughs> days in a bag of rice, and you just you're praying when you turn that sucker back on, it fires up. Yep. Oh yeah, Rob and I were out uh, in Missouri fishing with Landon and Luke and and uh, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, Rudy. What the hell? Rudy. Uh, Rudy. Yeah. And uh, I dropped my phone at the ramp. Done fishing. Last day of fishing. We're at the ramp, taken out, and I'm I like put grab the boat to push it over to the trailer and flip my phone into the river. And it was just immediately done. <laughs> I mean, I saw it sinking to the bottom and the display just like flashed blue and then went black. Oh, that <laughs> Gone. Sucks. That's what, that's the main reason why I got the S nine. Cause it claimed to be submersible. So I'm like, oh, check it out. Yeah. They're, they're all a lot better now, man. It's good. Mm-hmm. About time they put us outdoorsmen in the, Technology spotlight. Hell yeah. Rugged. Right on. Well, let's see. What else we got going on? Oh, I also uh, fished in the uh, Mile High 25. How's that? How'd that treat you? What was this? The fifth? Fifth annual? Fourth or fifth, yeah. It was the fifth. We missed the fourth. Yeah. So, uh, uh uh-oh. So, we got... uh, we had a little different strategy. I think just, you know, it was the first year with a different partner. And I was like, you know, at first we're like, uh, I mean, we were like all about strategy about what are we going to do? And, and we're going to, you know, get these species first and bang all this stuff out and then head this way and do that. And we're like all serious about it. And then I was thinking about it and I'm like, you know what? I just like, let's go fucking have fun, man. And so I like, I called my partner and he was just like, dude, you've, you've done this a few times. I've never done it. So I'm just totally relying on you. He's like this year to me is practice and you know, I'll do it again and, and we'll get it figured out and whatever. So I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just go have fun. I'm like, let's, let's focus on fishing places we've never fished before going after species that we've never caught before. And let's, let's go at it that way. And if we just, freaking hang a bunch of fish then let's let's use day two to say okay we're really in this let's go you know put together a solid strategy and do whatever yeah and so uh, as is typically the case so many times in in not just that tournament but tournaments in general you know we spent too much time trying to get one fish and and it was because both of us were just getting hammered. I mean, we throw our shit out there. Oh, there's one. Oh, he's gone. Oh, there's one. And twice I had fish in my net that were so small. They went through the net. 
and I lost them that way. Sucks. And it was a species that neither of us had ever caught. Oh, no shit. Not a species, a species. Yes, not a, (laughs) it is not species. Thank you for getting on that. But yeah, so we had a freaking blast, man. We, uh, we did what we wanted to do. Um, you know, the fish didn't really cooperate, but we had some, we had some really clutch, like cool moments where it was like up against it. We're out of time. We got to get, and my partner, Dan was like, I know a spot. I think we can get a cutthroat. And we just like pull off the road and we run down to this one spot and it's like, oh, the water's just raging. And he's like, no, right here in this little eddy. And we look through the trees. There's like five cutties just sitting in this little eddy, like where you would never think to fish, you know? And he just gets on his hands and knees and starts crawling and like puts his freaking he had a little weighted streamer on and he just like dabbed it into the water. And one of them came up and hung it. And I saw the fish coming up. And before he even set the hook, I whip my net out. He sets the hook and swings this cutty through the air. And I netted it in midair. Nice. <laughs> and it was just like, dude, that was awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> We're like high fiving and shit. I'm like, dude, that was so freaking cool. I mean, we ended up with like eight or nine species you know, in two days. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't stellar, but we had a blast and we just, we grinded and it's crazy. Cause like, I mean, in the pre-fishing a couple of weeks before I got two different species that I've never caught on the fly. I got a crappie. I've never gotten a crappie and I got a walleye and neither, neither one of those I caught, I've caught a walleye before like years and years ago when I was bass fishing, I caught a little walleye, but, right. uh, just, you know, conventional gear but so that was cool and like pre-fishing dude i go out i go to one lake there's seven species bang 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 i take picture i send them to my partner i'm like all right i got seven out of this lake i'm going over here i got three more it's like boom 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 and there was one lake that i got the walleye the small mouth the large mouth catfish the the only the only one that still gives me fits is a perch i've never caught a yellow perch which is crazy because there's billions of them everywhere, but yeah, I I've never caught one on the fly. I've caught them on fly, but never, I mean, never for the tournament. I can catch them. Yeah, like, we never did post I can a, catch a them perch. Every other cast, if I go down to Raton in certain lakes. Yeah, right. But up here? And we, no. Shit, when you and I fished, we fished lakes that were full of them and never yep. put one on the board. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough, man. It's, you know, it's... Just one well, of those deals. It's it's tough I'll to what. to connect on everything, and un- right. unless and you're going to have no life for those three days, three months, three days, two days. <laughs> I guess it's I guess it'd be Friday, Saturday. So if you're not going to have a life for those two days, you know, I mean, you you can expect to be in that ten to ten to fifteen range, you know. Right. These guys that you know, these dudes that win that are on the road for i mean literally 45 out of 48 hours fuck that (laughs) well one of the challenges too like i mean i'll go to the lake and i'll see i see perch i see smallmouth i see largemouth and i'm like okay i'm gonna target that fish and i go for it and a fucking bluegill comes out of nowhere wham i mean they're just and the bluegill (laughs) are spawning so there's like thousands of bluegill everywhere 
And so you try to target anything and these bluegill just come out of nowhere and hammer your shit. And it's like, how do I get past the freaking wall of bluegill? Well, that's like, what was it? Two years ago when I had that shot at that grass carp and I put that fly right out in front of it. And what happens? Here comes a fucking bluegill. Smashes, smashes my fly. I was over the grass carpet grass accidentally carp inhaled like, the bluegill. Gone. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's about right. Make a perfect cast and a bluegill ruins it. Uh, every time. So, yeah, it's, I'll tell you what, though. That's, there's there's two tournaments that I fish. It's the, the Mile High 25 and the Eight River Rodeo. And both of them are just, just the format makes it, so much fun the mile high 25 you know when i explain it to people they're like oh you're going for a bunch of trash fish like what the hell and i'm like okay well people think that because when they go trout fishing sometimes they catch suckers and they're not looking for suckers and oh man i can't keep the suckers off or you know they catch white fish and oh they have these damn white fish yep. but go try to catch one of those and okay. give yourself like 15 minutes say okay where am i going to go and what am I going to tie on so that I can catch a white fish in 15 minutes and then I can catch a sucker fish in 15 minutes? You know, whatever the case may be, you can call them trash fish. But when you try to specifically target a species of fish, it's not easy. <laughs> and the thing with the mile high 25 is you've got all the travel time and you got to be you know you've got to have connectivity so you can upload your videos and all that kind of stuff to consider too so there's so much strategy to it it just makes it a blast and the strategy like you start really the implementation of the strategy starts a few weeks before the tournament oh yeah that's how i mean when we did it the first year i mean shit we were talking about I mean, we went through lakes and scout, you know, I mean, looking at everything before we went out and then, you yeah. know, we go out and we, you know, and we, we learned the hard way that, Hey man, you know, Google earth, eh, unless your, <laughs> unless your image is up to date, it's going to be pretty rough. Right. Yeah. And look at the guys that win it should win it. I mean, the guys that win the, the tournament each year, you know, those are the teams, the guys that are in the top three or five or whatever. They're the teams that are out there pre-fishing, you know, two, three, five days a week for, for the weeks leading up to the tournament. And, you know, they could if you said, okay, go go catch a sucker fish. They would walk right up to a specific spot and freaking hammer a sucker fish, yeah. you know, or a walleye or a perch or whatever. They can do that because they've got that time on the water focusing on that. Yeah. I know that I'm not that guy. But it's just such a fun format. Well, you work fifty hours a week too. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's the yeah, other. That's the other time. hard drawback of this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and it's a trade off too. I mean, I would be fine with like when when I fish the Maha twenty five. Like you're home each night, you sleep in your own bed, you do whatever you know. When when we fished the rodeo. Dude, we like got 12 hours of sleep in four days. And all of that was, I was in my car, he was on the ground. So that's a whole different commitment level there. And that one's not even for money, dude. It's all just for charity. So, you know, it's just all about, you know, bragging rights and, and having fun and, and getting after it. But uh, both there, there's such different tournaments, but 
in both cases, it's the format that's kind of unique that makes this, those tournaments so much fun. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, good thing you didn't need to catch a rainbow trout. Did you I a got rainbow? a rainbow trout. Did you? You know good help. Mm-hmm. You know who could help you catch a rainbow trout? Ooh, I don't. Our friends over at fifty two eighty Angler. Oh my gosh! They catch rainbows Tell and browns more. all the time. So uh, yeah, this this podcast is brought to you by those guys at fifty two eighty Angler. If you're searching for expert guides and fly fishing fun on the front range, be sure to check out fifty two eighty Angler. Whether you're looking to sharpen your skills on the South Platte, plan the perfect date, or host the ultimate party on the water, 5280 Angler has your trip covered. The guides at 5280 have the passion, the skill, and the experience to serve you. Find web specials at 5280angler.com and check out ring recent trip pics on Facebook and Instagram at 5280angler. 5280angler is passionate about service and wild about fish. Plus Dang. they got they got uh, Boom. they got a lot of they got some new water now too. Not the Abel Ranch is old news, folks. Yep. They're at um shit, what's the name of those two new ones? Rolling Rolling J or something like that. Something that's, like that. Let's take a look. I know they've got another property on the uh the north fork of the South Platte. Yes. Yes, they do have that one. Then they've got, uh, I don't know what it is, but they're all over, man. You guys want to get out, catch some fishies, guide service, go there. And they've got some really legit public water spots, too, that they, they don't do. uh, they don't advertise, they don't blow them up. Um, but they've been out scouting stuff and have found some stuff that's off the beaten path and uh, isn't getting hammered every day. So, you know, if you want to go find some public water where you can have some breathing room and do your social distancing, get after them. Nice. Hey, uh, I do want to take a minute. You mentioned him earlier, uh, Rudy Chalednik. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I know he listens, so hopefully he listens to this one. I want to uh, – I, I did it on Facebook, but I want to personally congrat him, congratulate him on being promoted to uh, the rank of major in the U.S. Army. Dang. Two, two weeks ago now. I think it was so uh it was like end of nice june job, Rudy. so he's from Rudy, my uh Rudy, he's from Rudy. <laughs> he's from he's he's from my hometown so uh i love that dude very oh, he's nice. a great dude man i feel bad about forgetting his name for a minute there i just blanked on <laughs> <laughs> i'm like you know the guy yeah i fished with him holy shit i bet you it's been two years when he was back home we fished the tailwater up at the yacht together it was awesome dude he uh I didn't take my waders and I forgot about, you know, 55 degree tailwaters wet waiting, even in July is a little, little bit of shrinkage. Get some purple toes. Yeah. A little bit of shrinkage. Well, if you ever come out this uh, way and we go fish the San Juan, do not forget your waders. You'll do. You will hate your life. Yeah. You're that Mostly because you on a boat there's for a so day. much bug life in there they'll just like crawl into your pores and shit <laughs> yeah you get one of them, you get one of them dick eating bugs uh, yeah they'll lay eggs in there mm. Mm. Raw, i'll tell you what i think uh hide ranch i will say yes. for lo- i will say for local fishing report um if you're in western pennsylvania and you want to catch trout pretty much tell what is your only option at this point so 
This is my high water temps. Yeah, this is low water and high temps. I mean, uh, we had two two weeks in the low mid nineties, and we haven't. I mean, we haven't had significant rain in over a month. I mean, it just rained a little bit here, but yards brown, creeks are as low as I've ever can remember seeing them in quite a while. So, this is my annual. Uh, don't be an a hole. Check your water temps. Go chase warm water species. There's a lot of phenomenal smallmouth bass fishing out here. So uh, maybe learn yourself a new skill and go chase some of them down for a day instead of let the trout be. So I saw a bunch. I mean, I was out. Oh shit. Last time I trout fished probably been a month and a half. And I saw like the rainbows were starting to stress out really bad. I mean, they were hunkering down, not moving, you know, mouths open. The Browns were still active chasing streamers. Water temps were like mid sixties. I mean, now it's, Last time I checked a stream gauge in in town, it was in the seventies. So oh, up where dang. the up where the trout are, it's it's probably seventy degrees. And you know, there's some spots they'll find some mountain streams that that little creeks that run in, and uh, they'll hunker in that cold water. But let them be. You don't they don't need you pulling their ass out of the water and stress them out. You're gonna kill them. So right, it's my an, annual public service announcement. Well, and the other thing too is like people change their their approach and they'll like fish super early in the morning and be done by, you know, 10, 11 o'clock or whatever. And and hopefully they're monitoring water temps too. But dude, even when it's uh, even those early fishing mornings and stuff, you just have to don't be freaking lift that fish out, take a picture and flop it back in the water. Don't, just don't even take pictures. Yeah, plan on spending the time to uh, revive those fish and get them in oxygenated water and hold them there and make them fight to get away from you. I usually try to like do the old circle grip around the tail, and uh, when when I I make them try three good hard times before I let them go. It, it's on the third the third effort the third attempt is when I let them go because yeah. I've had fish that they swim off right away and then oh hey wait there's a fish like on its side over there. Oh shit. That's the one I just caught, you know? Yeah. So you got to really give them a chance to catch their breath. Yep. Yeah. We were out. Uh, so I'd say uh, for, for chasing feathers on Instagram there, I addressed your, your Instagram question of not being a dumbass and fishing for trout when your balls are sweating. So we, we got that one <laughs> checked off for today. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. We there were out. Go. We went to uh, one of our little local county lakes and we're fishing for whatever from shore. Just I took the fly rod, same thing. I'll I'll throw a lot of ants and catch bluegill just to have something fun to do. And we were just hanging out, really getting outside. And I watched a uh, our wonderful uh, West Virginia import, the golden rainbow trout, um, the the banana fish. Don't you and call it, it a golden trout? Beautiful. Yeah. It, it, there was one that swam right in front of me and turned belly up in the water. And I just sat there and had to watch this freaking fish die for like 20 minutes, dude. Yeah. And it was 95 degrees out. And that water Jesus. was probably 74. I mean, there was nothing oh, I could wow. do. It was far enough out that I couldn't get to it. And I mean, I'd have found somebody to freaking eat the thing. If I don't even know if I'd eat that fish. Ugh. He's probably cooked. I mean. Yeah, it's, you could probably just sushi. In all fairness, he was, you know, he was like a good ceviche texture by the time he went belly up. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get some of that for Jay. He likes that ceviche. He, yeah. Oh my God. I'm making ceviche. 
Yes, Jay. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> okay, guys, you just keep going. I'm going to go check my ceviche. <laughs> oh, good God, that was a shit show and a half, wasn't it? Oh, that was so much fun. Good we need Lord. to do that again. We got to yeah. get the uh, Ultimate Rod Case guys on, too. I was talking to Earl about, about yeah, we that. Do need so to get Earl and Graham on. Definitely need to make that one happen. Good. Yeah, good. I need to talk to those guys. I need ideas. There you go. Yep. BJ's, BJ's in the market. Yep. Hey, I will say. Thinking uh, ladder rack. Before I uh, before I do their ad read, because you know, segue. Uh, <clears throat> so somebody came to me and said, you know, oh, I don't like those ultimate rod cases. I had one and I had to get rid of it because it ruined my rods. And I'm like, what you talking about? And they're like, well, I had you know issues with the clear coat and with the whatever rubbing, and and it also like destroyed my fly line. Like I went through my fly line just deteriorated after, you know, a couple months or whatever. And I'm like, Hmm, that's bizarre. But so anyway, they were talking about that. They think, you know, they just get super hot on the inside of them. Okay. So I went and I, I've got a, a laser or infrared, whatever, uh, temperature gauge. Yeah. Like, temp gauge thing where you point it at it and it tells you what the temperature is. And then I've got another one that's not, it's kind of like the automatic like meat thermometer things where it's got the long metal cord and you stick it in the meat right? and, uh, and it'll monitor the temperature. Uh, but it's a little more sophisticated than that. I mean, it's, it's for, you know, using it for car engines and stuff like that. So it's a little more accurate, but anyway, so long story short, I stuck the long one all the way into the tube and it was a hot day. So I just left it there. And then like halfway through the day, it was, it was, uh, 92 degrees outside. Okay. The, surface temperature of the ultimate rod case was 132 degrees. Okay. Pretty hot. I mean, you put your hand on it. It's like, Ooh, that's uncomfortable. You know, the internal temperature inside the tube was a hundred degrees. So I'm thinking like if, if a fly rod and fly line can't stand up to a hundred degrees. Like, I can't believe that. Like, I don't think there's any way that a hundred degrees is destroying a rod or fly line. And if it is, maybe they need to redesign their fly line. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I wouldn't think that, uh, I wouldn't think that a hundred would do that to anything really. Right. Nope. I mean, I could stand out in 100 degrees for a few hours. Yeah. BJ could if he was wearing a hat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. So weird. I don't know. Just kind of, you know, somebody was saying shit about it, and I thought, well, hey, I've got the stuff to actually measure. Like, so when it was 93 degrees outside, it was 132 surface temp, and it was just over 100 degrees on the internal inside the tube. So I don't know. I think they're pretty well protected. The one thing I will say, though, is, uh, when you buy the ultimate rod case, um, they have these little foam, uh, it's, it's kind of like the, you know, the, like the pipe insulators that you can buy at home Depot or whatever, but it's solid foam. It's just like cylindrical in shape. And then that's, it's got a slit cut in it. So mm-hmm. basically you slip the slit over the rod tip 
and then you slide it and it fits perfectly into the tube. Well, me being me, I was like, ah, it's too much trouble. I'm not going to put those on. So when I first got it, I didn't use them. Right. And one day I'm driving, coming back from Decker's and I hear what I thought was like this rattling sound. And I opened, I opened the, uh, the, the sunroof on the Armada and I could hear the rod tips and they're going like rattling around up in there. So I thought, uh, that's probably not good. I pulled them out. I looked at the rod tips. There was like, you couldn't see anything. I mean, there was, they weren't damaged, but after that I started using the little foam deals and they were great. I mean, they keep every, they keep your rod from just slapping around inside the tube. So I would recommend if you get, if you get a, uh, an ultimate rod case that you do use the foam inserts. I wonder what the uh, the temp inside of a foam insert is on a hot day. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like if you were to pull your rod out and then you know get your inch, your little your probe and then stick it back in, put your rod back in with the probe and shit, just to see what the difference is. I don't know. I'd bet you it's much less than a hundred. Well, yeah, but those things only, they're only like four inches long. Oh. It doesn't, it doesn't like fill up the whole length of the, of the tube. It's Ooh, yeah. just designed to go. It goes like just between the, the second tip, and yeah. third eye yeah. on the rod tip, just to keep the tip from slamming around in there. Okay. Yeah, you don't want your tip slamming around in there. That's bad. Oh, hell no. I'm going to have to trademark the nine foot pool noodle. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's what they are. Pool noodles. Yep, I'm gonna have to trademark That's this. That's what they are. With some single sided insulation tape on it. Yeah. Nice. And they've also started using um white tubes instead of black tubes. Nice. They're much easier to see inside there when it's like dark out or it's like, you know, dusk. You open that hatch and you can't see those black tubes for shit. But the white tubes you can see to get the, the rod tip in there. But the other thing the other pro tip is uh, I ordered, I got some uh, motion detector LED lights. They're like maybe six inches long and they've got like a strip of LEDs on them. They have a little motion sensor on them with an adhesive with a magnetic mount. So I stuck the magnetic mount inside. I stuck the magnetic mount inside there and, and, and the light just snaps in. And as soon as you open that hatch, if it's dark outside, as soon as you open the hatch, the light comes on. Nice. And it lights the whole inside of that thing. I think maybe that uh, a tritium insert at the end of the tube would be nice. Damn, dude. Right? You know I don't know. Wrong. Maybe go to their website. Maybe that's an option. Pimp that bitch out. Pimp a little moonroof. A little moonroof <laughs> on it. There you go. There you go, BJ. You Call go. Up. Tell me you want to trade inside inserts on that thing. Yeah, yeah. They make them out of uh, solid aluminum diamond plate. Maybe you can have them do just like a section of it that allows light in. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yes! No, don't do that. No. Yeah, tell him Scott sent you. Tell him Scott sent you. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, dude. Summer sucks ass. It's too hot for anything. <laughs> Yep. I'd rather have winter all the time. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'll finish. Uh, uh, that was sort of a, a plug of Ultimate Rod Case. Yeah. But yeah, go for um, it. Do that. 
If safeguarding your rods and reels is important to you, as well as the convenience of arriving with your gear pre-rigged and ready to go, I can't say enough about that, really. I mean, I hate having to break my rods down and put them back together. Uh, just having everything assembled is awesome when you get there. Uh, the ultimate rod case is, as we said, fused together from two solid pieces of 16-gauge diamond plate aluminum combined with stainless steel components creating a completely rust-free rod case, which mounts to any roof rack or ladder rack and or trailer or whatever else you want to put them on. Um, the rods and reels are completely protected and closed in now white internal PVC rod tubes, which are hand-packed and insulated for thermal protection, as we have now proven. With the longest warranty period in the industry, Ultimate Rod Case protects your peace of mind as well. Handcrafted by the McCoy family in Colorado Springs, uh, the Ultimate Rod Case is available in two rod, four rod, and eight fly rod cases in lengths uh, ranging from nine to 12 feet. Uh, they also make one for spinning rods, so if you're all about that action. But visit them at ultimaterodcase.com for product information and photos, and uh, follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Ultimate Rod Case. And uh, when you call them, mention Strips at Podcast, and you'll be abundantly surprised with how well they treat you, just like they do everybody else. Yes. But they'll probably give you a little discount, too. Ooh. 2% for your troubles. 2%. 2% for no the name plastic. Drop. Yep. So we want to talk, uh, you want to talk streamers, you want to talk indicators. Uh, it's summertime. Ooh. Let's talk. Let's talk streamers. What was the? Uh, was there an Instagram? You got anything from it? Yeah, you got anything good on Instagram, PJ? Somebody yeah, so, should take uh, some screen captures. I can't do it. Come on, you dirty. <laughs> <laughs> tech, so, uh, our, our our good friend Bluetooth Dan asked about streamer tactics and techniques, and then uh, New Jersey. NJ catch release asked about polyliters versus sink tip versus sinking line pros and cons of each. Um, so here's what I'm going to say. So uh, we went camping two, three weeks ago, went to a, a, a lake over in uh, Bedford, Pennsylvania, but it was the first time I actually, I tied up a bunch of um, pike flies last winter. It was the first time I actually got to go out and I at least got to cast them. I didn't get to catch any fish on them, but uh you know, so it was my, I had my, I took my eight weight, which is probably mm, somewhat undersized for pike. I'd rather have probably a nine in my hand, but, but yeah. my eight will do it. Um, I run full sink line with a, with a really short, uh, floral leader. And then I tied a bunch of steel leaders, um, like pre-rig with, uh, snaps on the end of them for switching out flies. And then I just have a perfection loop on the end. So I tie a, you know, three or four foot, um, 40 pound fluoro leader. And then I, you know, loop that on. And I'll tell you what, dude, I've never fished those Bufords, but oh my God, do they look pretty. I, I tied these Bufords with uh, dragon tails on them. I should have made a video. They look amazing in the water. You know, it's just a, just a, Deer. I know what a dragon tail is, but what the hell's a Buford? Yeah, it's just a buck, it's just a bucktail bulkhead, like so. Oh, okay, like the you, big musky flies that chocolate ties. Yes, yes, it just is a big bulky. 
uh, bucktail head that just pushes water. And then you got that dragon tail behind it just going nuts, man. Yep. They're, they're awesome. And, uh, you know, so I, I ran, uh, yeah, eight weight, full sink. You know, I don't know much. Uh, you guys probably do more of the different poly leaders or, or sink tips or all that kind of stuff. I either fish. Personally, I'm a simple guy. I either fish full floating line or I fish full sink. I rarely fish anything in between. Um, I did tie up some uh, lead core homemade sink tip that I never did. Actually, I might try them out this weekend on some floating line. Um, you know, I think, I don't know, if you're fishing warm water species, you're going to fish full sink, in my opinion, where I'm at most of the time in the lakes. I the, mean. The fuck did you just say? Did you say species? <laughs> species? 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 Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. Why? That was a trigger alert. Just sorry. You don't know. <laughs> I thought I, I, I thought I said this in space. I thought I said it in uh, in the chat that species was a trigger. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that trigger? Long, long story. Know. I'll have to tell you later. All right. Tell me later. Yeah. So uh, anyway, go ahead. You know, if sorry. I'm, if I'm fishing lakes, I'm generally just running full sink. If I got to go anywhere deeper than three feet. Um, I don't know. That's just what I do. And then generally, you know, I'll run floating line when I'm fishing um, smallmouth or, or trout streamers. I'll generally run floating line with a longer fluoro leader with a weighted streamer just to get the fly down. But um, I don't really have experience with any of the, the sink tip or any of that stuff. So Ooh, I'm, a, I'm a simple guy. <laughs> Simple guy with simple needs. Yes. Who likes to catch species? Oh my god. Mm. <laughs> I uh I don't have a full sink line. I do have an intermediate sink tip that I run on my seven weight. And if I need to if I do need to get deeper, I do have a couple of the the Rio um sink leaders i can't remember what the versa leaders maybe mm-hmm. that i run i've got like a six inch per second and a or a seven inch and maybe a five inch something like that if i you know depending on what i'm trying to do so run those quite a bit i like them it's a good way to change your shit up without having to get another reel or do anything weird like that you know what i mean you can just throw on a leader throw on a streamer and get after it Yeah, I've been messing around with some of that stuff here lately too. A lot of time, a lot of it to do with fishing more warm water stuff. Um, I have, I've just basically combined a mix of the uh, the mo tips um, and some you know larger like copolymer stuff that sinks fast. Um, that's you know just beyond kind of a neutral buoyancy, uh, all the way up. And so I've got, I've got one reel that's set up with like a 250 degree, 250 grain, like 20 foot sink tip, uh, that gets down pretty quick. I've got full sink, which I, the only time I usually use the full sink is if I'm like float tube fishing, 
um, where I'm trolling essentially. I mean, I'm like stripping a bunch of line, casting it out into the stuff and then just kind of working it along weed edges where I'm, I'm, I'm moving the fly by kicking my fins and kind of keeping everything down. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the advantage that I've found using the sink tip or using, I've got a, like a 10 foot T11 mo tip that I'll tie on. I just have, you know, like you said, perfection loops that I just tie on the end of everything. And I just do loop to loop and then I can change them out pretty quickly if I need to. Um, but I, I find that the angle, if you think about like a full sink, it's going to be straight from your rod tip. It's going to be essentially a straight line to your fly. So depending on how much line you have out, if you're fishing it from shore and you let that sink to the bottom, all of your line is going to be on the bottom. So you're going to be dragging it along the bottom, which maybe that's what you want to do. But the problem with that is you get hung up, you're done. Whereas with a, with a floating line and a, and a sink tip or a floating line and a mo tip or something like that, you've got a much steeper angle going to your bug. Yep. Now there's advantages and disadvantages to that. The disadvantage is that if you strip it, it comes up off the bottom, which maybe that's the presentation you're looking for. Maybe not. Right. Uh, if you do a real slow retrieve, it'll typically stay on the bottom, but it still like wants to lift off the bottom and, it, and it's, it's harder to know. It's harder to get the feel of whether it's working the bottom or whether it's coming up. And that can make a big difference when you're fishing for smallmouth or walleye or catfish or whatever you're fishing for. Some of those fish want something to kind of pop up off the bottom. They see that commotion or, or hear that commotion and they come over to check out what it is and something pops up off the bottom, they hammer it. Other fish, if it pops up off the bottom, it doesn't look natural to them. They're going to swim off and go do something else. Um, so it just depends. But the, the one advantage having the sink tip it, at that steeper angle is if you start to get hung up, you can pop it and it comes up versus going straight into the snag. Uh, so you have a little better chance of not getting hung up. Um, but, you know, ideally, it's just a matter of figuring out. What it, it's harder to do. I mean, it, there's no doubt that fishing in deep water with a fly rod is difficult, uh, yep. you know. You're, it's it's all about compromising feel and you know just yeah. figuring out what gives you the right feel what gives you the right presentation and trial and error but having pre-made leaders and doing loops loop to loop and whatever because those conditions change you might fish part of a, a lake or something that's fisher in six feet and you might fish another spot where fish are in 15 to 20 feet. So you're going to have different gear. And like, like Steve said, I don't want to have to reel all my shit up, take the reel off, put another reel on, feed everything back through the eyes to go fish a different spot on the same lake. Yep. When you can just undo the loop to loop connection and, and put a different leader on. And then if you want to like throw streamers, I have a leader that's just, I, I mean, I don't, not a leader, but I just have a, a spool of like 12 pound, uh, Maxima or whatever it is at, or Seaguar or whatever I'm, I have for that lake or whatever I'm doing. And I'll just spool off three feet of that, tie a loop on that, do the loop to loop and tie my streamer on, you yep. know? So it's, it's really pretty versatile. Yeah. Three, 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 four feet of Maxima, 12 to 15 pound is a great streamer. Yep. Leader. 
you bring up a good point though. Um, you know, when you talked about with the, uh, sink tip and, and popping the fly up in the water, I would tell you most of the time when I'm fishing a full sink line, I'm rarely fishing a weighted fly. I'm typically, I'm fishing a, a bucktail fly or a deer hair head fly where since that line's sitting lower, I'm pulling my fly down in the water. So I'm replicating yeah. something diving from the surface downward that triggers that same response. Right. So, and then if I get hung up, I can typically just let it go and it'll, you know, move its way back up in the water column unless it's, you know, flies really hung up. But, uh, I rarely, I'd tell you, I, re- I mean, unless I'm trying to fish something super deep, I'm typically, I'm not putting a lead eye fly on a, on a full sink line when I'm out fishing. That's a rare occurrence. If I'm running, Lead eye flies. I'm typically on a floating line with a longer, you know, an, a nine foot, seven, eight, nine foot fluoro leader, just to give that fly time to sink um, before I start stripping it. But yeah, beautiful. Have you, uh, BJ? I know you're more of a still water guy than Scotty is at times. But have you looked at the those parabolic sink lines that scientific anglers have? Yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of reading on that stuff. Um, honestly, I haven't – shit, man, I haven't even fished still water this year. It warmed up so damn fast that uh, trout and – trout you know, most of the stuff I would fish trout in here lake-wise, uh, it's shallow. I mean, the one right down the road from me, it's five feet average depth. So, I mean, it got hot fast, and, and the water dropped, and – yeah, it, it turned into bass season really quick out here. So I haven't done any still water fishing. Uh, really <laughs> when I talk about year. still water, I'm usually talking about bass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done any still water trout fishing this year at all. I mean, I've, I like those, uh, what is it, the midge? midge uh, the midge, midge tips tip. from Rio's, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I've, I've, I'd love to have an arsenal of that type of stuff, but uh, – I think it depends on where you live. I think if you're in, you know, you guys, you know, if you're a guy out west that fishes a lot of still water, high mountain lakes and stuff, absolutely. Um, you got to you got to weigh your cost of investment in, in the systems and what are you going to be able to use most of the time, right? So out here, it's a lot of, um, you know, I do a lot of the tight line European style stuff. I've invested a lot into, you know, Euro nymph fly line, I guess you do monocore fly mm-hmm. line and, and that type of stuff. Um, you know, I'm fishing a lot of smaller streams and I can reach the entire stream with an 11 foot rod that I fish. And I rarely throw any sort of indicators or anything like that just because I'm, I'm not fishing out that far. But, you know, some of the tailwater, the local tailwater, yeah. When I go up there, I take. Um, I actually started fishing a lot, my, my steelhead rod, which is a 10 foot seven weight and almost just, uh, you know, casting that thing out, roll casting and firing out indicators and it's just different style of fishing. I do want to get into, uh, the, uh, shit, the micro, uh, help me out. Micro spay. Yeah. I would like to get into some, I got a perfect river out here. Stuff. Yeah, the trout space stuff. I got a perfect river for some of that stuff. So that might be a future endeavor when I get bored. They're, um, it's not, I don't know. It always seems like something's going to cost an arm and a leg, but it's not really. Yeah. 
You know, I think the I think the laser running line is like thirty five bucks, and then you're you get like an OPST commando head for like fifty. Yeah. Yeah. See, my I problem did, is my next investment that I want to make is a boat and eleven weight and musky fishing. So that's the next one on my list. <laughs> All right. So musky is musky is. Uh, a, a abbreviation or a nickname for what? I can't even say the full freaking name. Come on. Muscalung, whatever the hell it is. Muscalung yeah. or muscalunge or whatever. I'm yeah. like, why don't they just change it to musky and just call it good? Because that other name is just dumb. Yep. And out here we have, <laughs> out here we have both, you know, the, the OG and we got the tagger muskies out here too in some right. places. So, yeah. muscalung. So, I wanted to touch on the the trout spay thing. Uh, I'm totally, totally like not an expert at it at all. Um, But I've got a Rob. So Rob sent me a, like an 11 foot five weight switch rod, 11 and a half foot. Maybe. I don't know. Um, And so I'm, you know, playing around with that thing and whatever. And I just like having the shooting head, having kind of more of a spay line, that's kind of cool and whatever, but I just can't like everything that I can do with that rod. I can do with my 10 foot six weight or my 10 foot five weight as from a, from a spay versus a roll cast versus a whatever. So and, and it's just, I just need to like figure out where it fits. And, and I mean, I can, I can cover more water with the shooting like tip on the, the spay line um, with a good, you know, just a snap T or a whatever I can, I can, I can launch some line out there with that thing. But from a, when you talk about like micro spay, trout spay for smaller rivers and whatever, like I can cover all of that water with standard fly line with a roll cast with a, you know, I mean, I usually run like a nine foot leader with another two or three feet of tippet. And I mean, by the time you get two or three flies down and whatever, so I'm throwing, you know, 12 feet of leader on the end of my fly line and I can throw a roll cast that's 50 or 60 feet. Or I mean, I can cover all of the water that I need to cover with just a, with a standard setup. So what do you gain with, micro spay or trout spay or whatever good question i don't i don't know that i was hoping one of you guys know oh hell no (laughs) i mean short of uh i I, mean is it connection to the fly i mean uh, that's well to me like swinging flies right i mean that's the first thing i think of when when you spay fish is swinging flies uh and you know, and that's, that's cool. And, and the whole benefit, what, what I see, like when I go up to Alaska, I swing flies and I throw like a 14 and a half foot, you know, seven weight, eight weight, whatever spay rod. And you can throw 125, 150 feet of line with that thing and launch your shit like three quarters of the way across the river and cover a ton of water. So that's the advantage of, of fishing that way. Right. But to me, like that, that's where the disconnect is for me. Like if, if I, 
if I can cover the water that I'm fishing, if, if I wanted to swing flies, I could swing flies with my 10 and a half foot four weight, right? I could easily do that. And I can, with a, I'm, I'm, I've got a pretty solid roll cast. That's probably the strongest part of my game is roll casting, mending, you know, line management. I use roll casts. I will throw the cast with a roll cast and then start stack mends. And I mean, I, I really work that line. But I just feel like having a smaller, like a spay setup wouldn't really give me the ability to fish any differently than what I do with just like standards, a standard setup. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you gain, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's besides being another tool, I don't, I don't think you really gain anything over what we traditionally do now. You know what I mean? And I don't know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe most people, maybe I've got a pretty decent like roll cast game that's better than some. And I don't feel like I have, you know, a need for something to improve that part of my game. I mean, that's really, that's, <laughs> that's all I got really. I can't do, I can't do anything else very well. So <laughs> I'm pretty fucking good at roll casting though. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, roll casting is a, you know, it's one of those top two skills that you, you need when you're fishing. So being strong in that area is definitely a, definitely a huge plus, but I, you know, like you said, what do you gain? Shit. If I know. Well, spay casting is basically roll casting. I mean, you're just, you're changing angles and you're, you know, you're, you're using, and it's funny because I was talking with somebody about roll casting and, you know, the biggest mistake people make that I see um, is they, they, they don't have enough fly line on the water when they roll cast. And so everything comes back toward them uh, and you lose all the energy that you're trying to, you know, transmit down the rod. Whereas if you have that and, and in spade casting, that's what they call the anchor. And it, I, I call it the anchor when I'm talking about a roll cast. I'm like, you got to have, and if you've got like a thingamabobber or some big indicator on your setup, that acts as an anchor too. So you can have less fly line on the water to load your roll cast. But to me, like, so it's just different angles. Like if you're doing like a typical like spay where you, I don't even know the the terminology. It's like a snap T and then you come up and you launch it across the river, whatever. It's just roll casts and, and loading up that line with, with the surface tension of the water. And so, uh, you know, the, the shooting head does two things. One, you've got more, more resistance on the, on the water. So you have a better anchor and two, you've got additional weight out at the end of your fly line when you launch that out there. So it pulls a lot more line, you know, through off the rod um, or off the reel or whatever. So I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a rambling way of saying that. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, I, I I, I love spay casting. I love swinging flies. I love everything about it, but there's, to me, it seems like, like BJ, you mentioned, you've got some rivers that are perfect for that, like micro spay. They're small, but I'm just thinking to myself, like, well, I can just, I can just cover that with roll casts with standard gear. I don't know, something to look into, I guess. 
I think it's, I don't know. I mean, my only thing would be it's just a different feeling, right? It, it's about the feeling when you're fishing that way. You know, swinging flies feels good, right? I mean, roll casting an indicator feels like another day on the water. Maybe that's as yeah. simple as what it is, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I would have to say, I guess, that um, doing that, if, if you're just talking about, like, swinging flies, roll casting is easier with spay line. I don't know how much the, the rod itself, you know, enters into that. I'm sure they load up differently and, you know, all that kind of stuff that someone way smarter than me figured out. Mm -hmm. But I think in general, if I had a spay line or a switch line versus a standard fly line, I, I probably wouldn't have to work as hard <laughs> fishing yeah. the way I fish, but it's also a lot less stealthy too. I mean, when you're fishing spay line, like I, I think about ripping off. Yeah, I think about like carp fishing for me. That's where having a switch rod or a spay rod or something, I could really cover water. But those fish are so freaking spooky. You land a, a big, thick, heavy spay line on the water and, you know, every fish within a quarter of a mile of you is like, I'm out. Yep. So, you know, that's definitely a trade-off. Whereas if you're fishing some big-ass river for steelhead or salmon or whatever, you know, you're launching it out there in water that's that's moving fast and choppy. the water itself is choppy and noisy yeah. and whatever. So you, you don't have to worry about the stealth. By the time the bug gets into the feeding lane for the fish, it's not making any noise, you know. So... I don't know. Maybe that's the difference is just having that kind of micro spade or some, or, or that kind of thing, uh, gives you, you know, you, you work less hard. You don't have to work as hard to, to get those roll casts out there. Yeah. No, those lines are definitely, uh, different for that. So, Hey, look who joined us for the last five minutes. Oh, oh dang. He's got his full, he's like, this is silent protest. He's masked no, from head to toe. I'm just, I'm just respecting BJ's mass. <laughs> I'm just like making sure that he feels comfortable. Yeah. If you guys, if you guys remember this voice, this is a this mouth breather, Rob. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I just make sure that I protect everybody at all times with full mask. I it's good. I can't hear you. That's I, very I have considerate have of mask you. On. The buff this is, is, the best. is muffling you. It's the best you've ever looked to. Yeah, I know. definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I'm just gonna start wearing it like this all the time. Did you wash your there hands you before you got on here? No, Good. I don't. I don't wash my hands like Scott says unless I go poopy, and sometimes I still. Unless your finger pokes through the toilet paper when you're wiping. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, you're. That's me too. You're very responsible, and you're doing your part, <laughs> and you're here for the last like two minutes because I got to get moving. So, <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> good time. Sorry, dude. We had birthday party and suppers, and so yeah, thought I joined in. What's up, sniper? How are you, man? Good, dude. Give us a, wearing my mask. Give us a little fishing report. Give us a quick Idaho update. Idaho update. Hold on. Ah, you so pretty. Fuck your mask. Yeah, I don't care about no mask. Uh, fishing's good, dude. Why he's fishing good? Snakes fishing good. And uh, if you come up here, just let me know because I'm not gonna have a mask on. Just letting you know. <laughs> Look at BJ. He's mad. Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> I don't give a shit what you do, you yeah. selfish prick. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. You're the only human being on this earth that matters to you. I got gotcha. you. That's exactly right. What's this? 
<laughs> tell your wife I said happy birthday. Yep. I'll tell her. I yep, can't yep. Because she's got a mask on. Good. Oh. Do her part. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had a good birthday at uh, supper. So, yeah. This I'll thing. be down there. I'm going to come down and go fishing with you guys as soon as you the masks are done so I can get into the state. Oh, you should not go to Colorado. That's the last place I'd go right now. <laughs> Probably right. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to make you stay in a hotel for two weeks. By yourself. They just mandated it. <laughs> Did they oh, really? Yeah. So you're, uh, yeah, you're quarantined. I think anyone coming from Idaho has to quarantine for 30 days when they get here. <laughs> good. I'll quarantine at your house, dude. Because we'll <laughs> the whole state's all a bunch well, of good. mouth breathers. Well, good. You missed it, but his floor needs redone. So if you got 30 days to spare, yeah, Scott can use it. Yeah. Yeah. You can quarantine at my house and, and, uh, install some flooring. All right. Well, I won't keep you guys. I just want to jump on and say Happy New Year. And so, Happy New Year. (laughs) We miss you, Sniper. Well, I'll let you know if I'm heading down there. I might head down there in a couple weeks. So, nice. I'm being serious. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, I'll let you know. I know a guy that might be able to get us into Rainbow Falls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Two guys? Two guys for sure. Maybe two guys. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Steve won't go with me unless I wear a mask. So, right. <laughs> we're riding separate cars, dude. Yeah, we will. That's for sure. And fish six feet apart from each other. Hey, you know what? No yes. way. By that time, I should. Ar- I'll probably already have it. If I don't, I'm not worried. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if I don't It'll have be. it, I would be shocked right now. So we'll just say that. It'll all be antibodied up. Yep. Yeah. Tammy's got the antibodies. I should have them shortly, and we'll see if the kids get sick or not. But where your motherfucker? Yeah. Once mask. the kids get back to school, everybody will have it. Yes. That's right. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to that decision, dude, at all for the schools. No, dude. I just got I just got the option emailed to us to uh, go all online for the school year. Yep. Like they're already putting that go. out there. Yeah. So do we. I, you know, I kind of think that, I kind of think that, uh, that they need to give the option, you know? Yeah. The options there, if you're, if you're in Colorado, you, I mean, or in Douglas County, at least you've, you've got options, but once you, yeah, big, big thing offline, we can talk about it later, but if you choose e-learning, you're there all year. Yeah. There's, There's no going back. Oh, dang. Yeah, so, that's tough. And we got to make a decision like the next six days what we're going to do. So, I don't know what yep. do, yeah, so. we just got that email too. We haven't yeah, it. lots of stuff. But hey, you know, I mean, uh, take your kids. Do you fishing. even have schools yeah. in Idaho? No. No, they're no, all homeschooled. So. Yeah. No. No. We all, the Californ- all the Californians that moved in there, is they're all teaching your kids how to do stuff the right way. Mm-mm. Yeah. happening. They learn. They learn at the militia compound. I didn't pass the third grade, so I can't even do it. (laughs) Yeah, I probably. Yeah, yeah. if you guys, if you guys need to homeschool your kids, just uh, just promise me that Rebecca will do it. (laughs) That's that's a good deal. (laughs) I can. I'll teach them spelling. Okay. There you go. Yeah, and grammar. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Teach them voice to text. Yeah. Let me introduce you to Siri. All right, kids. 
Google I teach do. the kids. <laughs> That's funny. Mm. Hey, Rob, look. <laughs> I had one of them. I got to find it, actually. I still I've got two. Oh, you uh-huh. oh. I got one of those black sweaters. I got it mopping up some uh, moisture coming off the AC somewhere. <laughs> Were you the uh, fisherman of the week this week? That's why you got the T-shirt, Scott? Yep, yep. <laughs> I knew it. That was me. The MVP. The MVP. Yeah, the MVP. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, Rob, so we need your input. We uh, we were just talking about uh, stillwater fishing with like – oh, no, here. You probably know this. So – we were talking about like trout spay, micro spay, that kind of thing. And, you know, using that, I, I just, for application purposes, like I'm, I'm thinking like where I would use something like that, I could cover it just as effectively with just my normal roll casting, like with just standard gears. Trout spay versus just conventional gear. What's, where would you use that? So I would I would actually suggest using a switch rod then, so that way you can use it as an overhand, or you can use it as a two hand. So that's where I would. But we're talking about like the the micro spay and trout spay stuff that they're marketing now. Like what? Yeah. Where's the niche? Like what would you use that for versus just standard gear? Mostly just swinging streamers or swinging, you know, emergers that kind of stuff. It's made just for that. Uh, where a switch rod, you can use it to throw streamers, you could throw double drives, you could throw a nymph rig if you want with it, where the micro spay is just cast snap T, shoot it downstream, 45 swing. Take two steps, snap T, shoot it downstream, swing is what you're really doing with that. Where a switch rod, you can put a nymph rig on it, cast it upstream, throw that mand in there, and then fish it as a nymph rig, you know. I guess you do it with the, with the trout spay too, though. I mean, but most of those guys are just swinging streamers on smaller streams and stuff. You can just reach out further, and that's about all it is. But, Scott, your roll cast, you could probably roll cast it as far as that with most guys that are doing the micro spay. There it was. Well, that's what I was kind of – that's what I was, was kind of hanging me up because I'm trying to think of, like, you know, rivers around here where if I could just reach out, you know, a little bit further – 10, 20 feet or further with my roll cast, I'd be able to cover the water better. And I, you know, most of the rivers that we fish around here, I can cover the whole river with a roll cast. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I'm just trying to think for where I fish, like if Unless that would be something adv- advantageous. Are you throwing a lot of, are you swinging a lot of streamers? Well, yeah. And I can swing streamers just, you know, with Is my that what standard gear. Now? No. Okay. Yeah, I, dude. I think in your category, I mean, I've fished with you enough. I can see your roll cast. You can you can pretty much fish any of that stuff. I mean, some dudes that are specific to spay and micro spay, they're going to be able to punch it a little bit further. But I mean, I don't think you should have any problem with it. Yeah. That's right. Unless you're like just wanting to get into it, I'd rather. See well, and that's what honestly. I was kind of thinking is like maybe maybe having a trout spay or micro spay versus just my standard conventional kind of fly line would make make it so i didn't have to work as hard (laughs) well i think that if you were looking for more effective ways i think that the micro don't say euro nymphing don't do it i'm gonna say euro nymphing dude (laughs) (laughs) i knew you were going there if you're looking to progress man 
that's where you need to go because you got the roll cast. And if you Euro nymph, you're going to go, holy crap, I'm hooking a lot of fish up, man. It's, yeah. it, it's way more productive. I mean, people can say what they want, but I know for sure. And so, <laughs> and BJ can attest to that too. It's amazing how many oh, yeah. fish are right by you, Scott, that are in a yeah. 15 foot section away from you. And you're casting over them. Because I'm just like you, man. I'm going to cast that roll cast with a nymph rig 30 foot across. And I just roll right across the fish that are right in front of us, man. You well, got I mean, a, I fish. I fish near to far, though. I mean, I fish those close mm-hmm. close I fish do. before I start launching roll casts. Yeah. But that you're you're not getting a you're getting a better drift on the neuro nymphing than you will with yeah. the indicator. Oh, I can totally see that. I can totally mm-hmm. see that. I kind of wish you get into it because the I think you I like fish, it. I, well, and I know I'm sure I would. I just and I do a lot of high stick nymphing just with my standard gear, and I'm sure that it would be easier and more productive using, <laughs> you know, a euro nymph type setup. But to me, it would almost mean carrying two rods. Yeah, I can see that too because, um, and BJ, I didn't know this, but there's a lot of places that it's not inducive to uh, Euro Nymph if there's a lot of like weeds on the bottom, slime or Diddy Mo and stuff like that. It's not very productive. That's when you got to switch back to the to the uh, Nymph rod if you're throwing yeah. nymphs. But, but you know what? I'll have to say, man, right now we're all dry dropper. I haven't put a bobber on and two months uh, a month i guess so we're all dry dropper right now yeah big guys big hop a drop up oh your, man. Uh, big chubbies what's your what's your nymph rod scott 10 foot six weight uh yeah i've got a i've got a 10 foot six 10 foot four um oh you need a 10 five. foot four here's what i would here's what i would recommend if you really wanted to like start to play around with the euro game Look up the mono rig. It's a 25-foot yeah. mono leader. You hook it right on the floating fly line. So you can throw mm-hmm. dries on it. You know, it's not as good. That'd be the way I – I mean, that's how I started. I started doing that on a 9-foot 5 weight and watched mm-hmm. my hookup rate improve. And then, I, you know, then I went and bought a my 11-foot 3 weight, right, that I use. And for trout, I'm using that 3 weight 80% of the time if I'm out fishing. Um you know, and then you can get, you know, if you really like it, you know, you can get specialized in it, right? You can buy the monocore fly line. Then you don't have to run that long leader. I just tie my own, you know, 12 to 15 foot leaders with, with indicator in it and all that stuff. But the mono rig's a cheap way. I mean, it's just spool of uh, amnesia or, or chameleon and, you know. Maxima. Maxima, yeah. And just tie it up and go. Yeah, you know what, Scott? If I come out there, man, I think that you could, uh, you could totally take the win again at the Eight Rivers Rodeo, dude. If you were um, uh, checking anything out there, dude, I'm not kidding. Yeah, because you got the skills, man. On that, you know what to look for and where to cast on your nymph rig, and add that in with the flies just ticking directly on the bottom. You're gonna waylay fish, man. I'm not kidding. You. I know. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> BJ can tell you. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Giddy up. Anywho, did I miss anything important? Did you guys do anything crazy? No. No. Nope. Oh. Same old. 
we we uh, we reviewed state by state the mandates that are in place, and and proper hand washing. We each sang "Happy Birthday" to ourselves, so we made sure we were washing our hands long enough. Yeah. Good. That's all part of it, man. Uh, okay. And then we talked about the hand sanitizer recall. Yes. There you go. You, you didn't read that yet? Uh-uh. I sent it in the other group chat. There, oh. there's, there was actually a recall for like 50-some hand sanitizers that have like, I forget, methanol or some crazy shit in them. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> oh, that's the good stuff. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to put that on your hands. You want to, you want to huff that shit. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Wait, I think we should all... PGA. Everybody should just drink bleach. That's all. We'll be good. I already did that. That's why I got Corona. <laughs> yeah, that's why your oh, goatee oh. so. There you go. That's why your goatee so white. Guess what? I saw you your spilled boy it. today. I saw your boy today. Your boy, your boy, and your boy. I saw him. You saw him? Oh, who you talking Damn. about? Damn. Roger called me and was Roger. Like, hey, yeah, he was like, "Hey, I'm an eagle," and I was like, "Shocking." <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, he came out. He wanted to tell you. Oh man, so you guys were like tongue kissing and stuff, going "fuck the Rona," like hugging yeah. and tongue kissing. Yeah. And you're wearing one yeah, mask I over got... two heads. Yeah. yeah, you had a COVID party, coughing in each other's face. Oh dang! That's it. He oh. told me to tell you guys hello. Oh, fuck. Well, hello, Rod. <laughs> yeah, he was going up to Warm Lake with the family. So I was like, huh. oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I got to see him for a minute. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, that's Rona. Yeah. Mm. All right. All right. Well, well, I don't know that I have anything else for you. We already did the ad reads. Yep. All the mm-hmm. ad reads out of the way. But well, thanks for jumping on. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> I tried sure. to jump on the computer, but it wouldn't come on. So, yeah. Now yeah, the phone works. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, you guys have fun then. All right. For a minute. Everybody stay Go safe fish. out there. Have fun. Go fish. All right. Yep, yep. See you guys. Peace yeah. out. Wear your mask. <laughs>